Life Audio. God sovereignly chose to come into the world at a dark time. And in choosing that, Jesus brought a completely different way to live in this world. And he invites us to be part of the kingdom of God, this invisible, subversive kingdom of love. He didn't invite us to a military campaign. He didn't invite us to a uh, political movement. Jesus invited us to be part of the kingdom of God, an invisible, subversive kingdom that is moving among us. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to How to Study the Bible. My name is Nicole, and I am your coach, your pastor, your guide, as we are studying the book of Romans together. And it has been rich. It has been good. And as is always the case with the Bible, it is also challenging. Um, Guys, we're not here to be robots who just receive and don't use the minds that God has given us. We're actually called to use our mind. God gives us our minds for a reason. He gives us the ability to think. He gives us the ability to think about our thinking. Uh, That's called metacognition. That's what separates us from animals, in addition to the fact that we're made in the image of God. I share all that because we have a challenging chapter ahead of us, and it's challenging because of our times. This might be a chapter in Scripture that I would have taught a couple of years ago, and I don't think it would have really been a big deal. Probably wouldn't even really resonate that deeply, um, maybe a little bit, but now we're in a time and a season where we're experiencing incredible differences in the way um, and among Christians we see our faith and we see our faith lived out. So as I enter into this chapter, I'm entering in um, as a guide to help you think about your thinking. That's what I want to do. I'm not here to tell you how to think. I want to invite you to think about your thinking, and I want to invite you to consider um, not just the words on the page, but what we've been learning all along about principles, about biblical interpretation, because um, that's really what we're doing together. We're we're coming under the authority of God together. We're saying, God, we believe that you speak through your word. We believe that you are still speaking We're saying, God, we rely on you and we're asking for your help to understand your heart and to understand how you're asking us to live in the world. And we're doing that together. And then we're going to the sacred text that you've given us and we're applying our minds to it. We're going to do interpretation of scripture, uh, which by the way, Jesus interpreted scripture, the apostles interpreted scripture. That's part of our job is to actually sit with it and say, okay, what does this mean for us? Um, If God wanted to give us an instruction manual, he could have. He could have just given us like, this is how you live your life. This is what you do at 8 a.m. This is what you do at 9 a.m. This is what you do at 10 a.m. He could have done that. He could have given us a manual that was different for women and different for men. He could have done any number of things if he wanted us to just execute on commands, right? But actually, God's given us a heart and a soul and a mind, and he calls us to use all that he's given us, that he has imprinted us with his image. He's called us to use our creativity and our intelligence to wrestle together through what does it mean for us 
to really glorify God with our lives in the everyday way that we live. Um, That's what the whole Bible is about from beginning to end is what does it look like to be God's chosen people who are out there living a life that brings glory to God. So that's our number one thing, right? That's the number one thing we're doing is we're seeking together. How can I bring glory to God with my life? And what I love about you guys and this community is it just exceeded my expectations is that your posture toward God is that it's like, okay, God, how are you asking me to live? How can I bring glory to you that the way that you guys are engaging in our Facebook group, the emails that you've sent me, I know that you're thinking about, okay, I want to bring glory to God with my life. That's the most important thing. And now I'm going to wrestle through what that looks like in my everyday life, in the way that I think about any number of things, the way I think about other people, the way that I think about government, the way that I think about um, choices that I make, the way that I think about freedom. All of that is going to come under the authority of God. If you haven't read Romans chapter 13 yet, I want to encourage you to pause the podcast, take a moment. It's going to be hard to follow along if you don't read it at all. I love to keep my Bible app on my phone. So if you're, you know, on a walk or something and you just need to listen to the audio of Romans 13, you can do that on your favorite Bible app and then come back. I want you to have the chapter in your mind so that when we get into this work together, you kind of know where we're going with it. I'll give you a little bit of an overview, but it'll be helpful if you read it. And I just want to invite us uh, to pray together before we get started. If you just want to take a deep breath in and blow it out and shh. Just be present for a minute and take a deep breath in and just say, God, I'm giving you this few minutes. I'm asking you, God, to come into our hearts and our minds, transform us into your image. Allow us, God, to understand how you're asking us to bring glory to you with our lives that we're living right here in 2021. As we go into 2022, God, you know exactly who we are. You know exactly where we are. You know exactly what we wrestle with. And we bring all that to you and ask you that we could come under your authority to understand your words today. Okay, Romans 13, we're going to focus in on a couple of chapters in Romans 13. Okay, so the first is the the first verse, sorry, not the couple of chapters. We are going to focus in on a couple of verses in Romans 13, Romans 13, verse 1. And Romans 13, verse 10, I think these kind of contain the principles within for the rest of the chapter. Romans 13, 1. Remember, we were just in Romans 12, and we just left off. The bookend of Romans 12 was, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So Paul's last thought for us is you're going to overcome evil with good. And now we're going to see an extension of what that's going to look like as we get into Romans chapter 13. Verse 1. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Let's stop there. First of all, do you notice that Paul has to repeat himself? He does not just say the thing one time. He has to say the thing two times. And two times in a row, what does it say? It says, everyone is subject to governing authorities. God is the one who sets up authority. Okay, that's just the two things that I, what does it say? That's what it says in this passage. Okay, so when we get to that, of course, we immediately are going to come to 2021. We're immediately going to think, for those of you who are in America, we're immediately going to think about our government. If you're in another country, you're going to think of your government. But before we do that, remember, we're going to think about our thinking. And the first thing that we want to do is follow our questions through. We want to follow the biblical principles through. 
So the second question that we have to ask before we reserve, we're going to reserve judgment on what the principle is here, right? Because we've got to understand what did this mean when Paul wrote it? So we want to ask that question too. What's the backstory here? What's going on? We need to understand a little bit more about the context, right? So you might go back to your Romans book introduction. If you're not sure, you can flip back in your study Bible and be like, hmm, let me read about Romans to make sure I understand what's going on here. You might be able to find something there that will help you. If not there, then you might go back to the book of Acts that can tell you a little bit more about what's going on. Um, we, We know throughout the New Testament that the Roman Empire ruled over the land, right? We know this is still the same time as Jesus's time. And what we need to know is that, and actually says it in our study notes right there in 13 verse 1, it says the civil rulers, all of whom were probably pagans at the time Paul was writing. It goes on to say Christians may have been tempted not to submit to them and to claim allegiance only to Christ. Okay, so what's the backstory? The backstory is that this group of Christians, this new way, is under a pagan government. So pagan means not Christian, not interested in Christian values. And we can learn a lot. There's a lot more you can learn about the Roman Empire. But let me just say, pagan means pagan. I mean, there was a rampant sexual immorality, uh, rampant oppression and corruption. Um, We know that because of how taxpayers were treated in the Gospels, that they were corrupt. They were overtaxing the people. Um, There was just a sense that if you were a Roman soldier, you could just have your way with anyone and anything. It was a very, very dark time. And the Romans were hated just hated by the people. And so what we see happening is that the the Christians are trying to figure out what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean that I have allegiance to Christ? Does it mean that I just get to live my life the like I don't have to listen to authority because my authority is Jesus? Well, into this world is how Paul is speaking. So when we ask the backstory, if we want to understand, okay, well, well, maybe that government was a good government. And that's why Paul's saying that they should submit to those authorities. And maybe the idea behind God, you know, putting people into authority is because it was good people. No, it was not good people. So we got to stop there first. When we get to the third question, what does this mean? We start talking about principles. We've got to understand that Paul's words are to a people who are actively oppressed by the governing authorities. Paul's words are to a people whose governing authorities have no, you know, as as far as we know, no moral compass, uh, no interest in anything but their own interests, um, a pagan government that was not trying to bring about the good of the world or the flourishing of God or anything like that. And so when we know, okay, so into that world, into that corruption— Paul is saying these words. He's giving a command, right? And the command is let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. There we have the principle that we can start working with. We're like, okay, wait. The theory that we see here is that there is no authority except what God has established. Okay, so this is this is exerting God's sovereignty, the idea that God is in control of the world, that even when evil happens, even when bad happens, even when bad people are in power, God is still in control. And we're going to ask ourselves, do we believe that to be true? So I'm going to go back to the original intent of this whole podcast is around my book, Help My Bibles Alive. And in that book, I name these principles that help us understand if we're really onto something that's like a nugget of truth that God is giving us that is the same meaning when it was originally written 
to the same meaning as in 2021, 2022, you know, the future. What is that timeless truth? And what we know about a principle is that it's timeless. It transcends culture. And that's a big one that we have to wrestle through. We have to ask ourselves, is this a command that was given into that culture right then? Or is it transcending culture? Is it about something more? And it's a principle when it's harmonious with the rest of scripture. So the interesting idea here for me is that, and this is the way I'm thinking about it, thinking about my thinking, is the principle here is about God's sovereignty, that God is actually in control, and that there's a principle here that we we submit to governing authorities. However, that doesn't always happen in Scripture, okay? It happens way more than you might think. I've heard people out there in the social media universe who have lived a very vocal um, anti, anti-authority anti sort of time right now. And they've said, well, this doesn't apply to me. Romans 13 doesn't apply to me because what about Esther? What about Daniel? Okay, Esther and Daniel in the Old Testament, they actually do submit to governing authorities. Like they, they are respectful and they work through the channels, right? But what the difference is, is especially with Daniel, and we actually see it again in the book of Acts, where there is a clear mandate to worship someone, right? In Daniel, it's like you have to bow down before this statue. And in Acts, what happens in Acts chapter 4 is that the apostles are told that they can't speak about Jesus. They're brought before the authorities, and they're, they're told you can't speak about Jesus. And they, they do not submit to governing authorities, right? They actually say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. But there's a, there's a tone there of respect there's in their resistance. And what they don't do neither Daniel nor the apostles, neither of them incite other people against the authorities. They're not like bringing a band of people together to say like, now's the time where we're going to have a coup. In fact, that never happens in scripture. We don't, we don't see that happening in the New Testament. In fact, many people who followed Jesus actually really wanted him to lead a coup. They wanted Jesus to rebel against the authorities. They wanted to follow him. They were like, hey, is this the time for our swords? Is this the time that you're going to reestablish your kingdom. And Jesus would not do that. Jesus actually submitted to the governing authorities unto his death. And and so what we need to understand is we've got to wrestle through that. We can't just kind of take this as a binary thing. This isn't just totally black and white. We can't say on the one hand, well, I don't have to submit to governing authorities because Christ is my authority. And so not only am I not going to submit, but I'm going to incite other people to not submit. But on the other hand, there, there, there is a way that we do have to be thoughtful because we do have examples in Scripture that there are higher principles that we ourselves have to submit to, right? So if I'm told to um, deny Christ, if I'm told to worship an idol, I have to bow down before this idol. If I'm told I'm not allowed to speak about Jesus, those are three examples where actually, no, like people do not submit to that authority, but if if we think that's what we're facing right now, that's not what we're facing right now, right? So when I'm submitting to the, the way that I show up in the world, the way that I show up in my community and in my culture, I need to know what are the principles that are the highest priority in the way that I live my life. And I actually think we see another one of those hidden within chapter 13. It's in verse 10. It says, Romans 13, 10, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Now, if we run that principle, if we ask, is that a principle right now? Love does no harm to a neighbor. 
we can run that through our sort of test of what does a principle mean? Is it timeless? Was it just for that culture? Is it harmonious with the rest of scripture? Is it relevant? Then love does no harm to a neighbor meets all of those principles. And so what does that mean to you? What does that mean in your neighborhood? What does that mean in your community? I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly how that's going to show up in the way that you live your life. But I do know that rather than what you might hear from other people, rather than um, a a heart of violence or of uh, a critical spirit, you may ask yourself, what does it look like for me to say love does no harm to my neighbor? that I am a person of peace. I'm a person of gentleness. It doesn't mean that I don't have opinions. It doesn't mean that I don't express those opinions, but how I express those opinions, I've got to wrestle with what are the principles by which I am living my life. This is in no way me saying that you've got to vote a certain way. In fact, it's amazing that we live in a democracy. For those of you who live in America, we live in a place where we can vote. We can express ourselves. We can express ourselves through our vote. We can express ourselves through the way that we use our resources. We can get involved in our communities. We have all of these ways that while we're still living under the principles of submitting to the governing authorities and that love does no harm to a neighbor, I can be engaged and active in bringing those principles to bear in my community. And that's amazing. But we have to wrestle through the way that we show up in the world because that's what biblical interpretation requires. Now, you might read Romans 13 and come to a different interpretation than me, and I would welcome that. I'm like, good, use the principle test. Ask yourself, what's the backstory? What's the real principle here? And if you read Romans 13 and you come um, to a different conclusion, I would love to hear that based on interpreting the Bible, not based on the culture, not based on politics, but based under the authority of Scripture, we have to wrestle with Romans 13 and know that when we ask the question, what's the backstory? Unequivocally, those were darker times than the times that we currently live in. Now, I think we're we're like headed toward those dark times in a lot of ways. Um, just like what we see the movement in our culture, I think, is headed back in that direction um, as far as like what that morality was like. But if we were going to say what time is darker, is it the time where people just left babies to die on their doorstep and um, pagan prostitution was like a normal practice and um, the idea that we have gladiators who fight to the death? in arenas that we pay money and we bet on them and it's normal to just watch human life be taken like that that is unequivocally darker when it comes to like human life than it is right now in the world that we're in but we may be headed that direction and guess what that's the world that jesus came into god sovereignly chose to come into the world at a dark time And in choosing that, Jesus brought a completely different way to live in this world. And he invites us to be part of the kingdom of God, this invisible, subversive kingdom of love. He didn't invite us to a military campaign. He didn't invite us to a uh, political movement. Jesus invited us to be part of the kingdom of God, an invisible, subversive kingdom that is moving among us. And Jesus did that in a very dark time where it would seem to many people that the best thing that he could have done would be to come in power and to come with authority and to just overthrow the the, the earthly authorities around him. And that is not what Jesus did. 
So we have to wrestle through that when we are trying to live in this culture and glorify God. We have got to ask, not what do I hear around me, not not what are people telling me to think, but what is what am I finding in Scripture? What are the principles that are in front of me right now? What are the principles of Romans 13, and how do those apply in my life? And, and I want to invite you to do that. And if you come to a different conclusion than me, absolutely, I'd love to hear. But do it under the authority of Scripture, because that's what we're doing. We're saying, hey, we believe that this sacred book is relevant, that it is timeless, that everything we read, every passage we read in Scripture is useful to us. It is corrective. It is effective. And because of that, there is something for all of us here to wrestle with, to apply, to live in. And to ask ourselves, if I believe in the mercy of God, Romans 1 through 11, and now Romans 12 through 15 are how I'm going to live that out, then I've got to ask, how do I live this out? And for me, I'll just give you guys a personal story. This this particular principle from Romans 13, 10, love does no harm to a neighbor, was super helpful to me. I was wrestling with a group of people who were trying to make a decision in leadership about the right way to proceed through COVID. And we were all kind of like on different sides of the argument, not really sure what to do. And this is a Christian organization. So we were able to stop and say, okay, what is the principle that is at play? Like, what do we actually, what do we need to say that we all agree with? What is the principle that we agree to? And this is actually the principle that we came to was, okay, wait, love does no harm to a neighbor. What does it look like for me to live a life of love that does not harm my neighbor? And we were able to use that to kind of apply to a decision that we needed to make. So that's an example of what we can do um, in what this can mean for us, how we can live out your life. And, and particularly as we enter the holiday season, as you engage with your family members, as you try to have conversations about difficult topics, because that's how everyone I talk to is facing the world right now is like somewhere along the line, someone in their family, they're in a disagreement. They do not see things the same way. Um, take any issue, any number of issues right now. And this is really an opportunity to say, okay, what principles do I live by? And and might God be asking me to be so bold as for those other believers in my family, if you have believers in your family, to ask them, what principles are you applying to the way that you're living your life or the decisions that you're making? Because we can all kind of come under the authority of Scripture together, and we may not come to all the same uh, decisions. But we want to ask those questions and we want to wrestle through, yeah, like what does it look like to live as a Christian? What does it look like to submit to governing authorities? What does it look like to wrestle through the idea that God is the one who sets up authority? It it doesn't mean that God condones the way it's happening, but God works mysteriously and sovereignly in good times and in dark times. In good rulers and in bad rulers, God is at work doing something. Am I aware and open to what God might be doing and how I might personally be bringing glory to God in the way that I live my life? So I want to invite you guys to that. I'm going to leave you with what does this mean for you? Well, that's between you and God. It's between you and your small group. Whoever you uh, like to process with, you can come over to the Facebook group and talk about it. But I want to invite you to that question. Okay, when I think about Romans 13 in this current culture, what does it look like for me to live out my love under those principles? We'd love to hear from you guys. Thanks so much for today. Looking forward to talking again next week. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice. 
a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Gibbons and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that, plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.